We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bart Winkler. It's the Bart Winkler Show, Monday, May 8th. Got a lot to cover today. Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette, PackersNews.com, will make his first appearance on the Bart Winkler Show podcast. Got a lot of good voicemails to get into, so we'll do that a little bit later. This was a crazy Sunday in the NBA. The Sixers and the Celtics with an all-timer of a game, and it sickens me how much I am rooting for the Sixers, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Still don't understand how, at this point of his career, when Marcus Smart falls to the ground, he still gets the benefit of the doubt. Like, aren't you at the point as an official where if you see Marcus Smart go down, you assume he's flopping? I guess not. Celtics do lose that game. James Harden with a decent game. So two good games for him, two bad games for him. Maybe he's on my same Anthony Davis tracker. For the record, Anthony Davis in a seven-game series will have two games where it looks like basketball was invented for him. He had one of those. He'll have two really good games. He's had one of those, game three. He'll have two absolute shit games. That was game two. And he'll have a game where he gets hurt and then misses like half the game, even though he wasn't really that hurt to begin with. So that game's still coming up. But Lakers have a 2-1 lead over the Warriors. And you could tell me any result of that series, and I'd believe you. You could tell me the Lakers win it in five. You could tell me the Warriors win it in six. You could tell me Lakers and Warriors go seven. Uh, I'd believe any. I'd believe any of it. Uh, that's. I think that's. Uh, there's a lot of basketball to be played in that series. The Heat are still winning somehow, making the Knicks look foolish, which just saddens me as a Bucks fan. We would have beat the Knicks. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from the Knicks. God, how the fuck? And what really bothers me is this makes the bubble legitimate. This makes the bubble legitimate. You know what the Western Conference and Eastern Conference Finals were in the bubble? Nuggets, Lakers, and Heat Celtics, and all those teams still playing now three years later with relatively the same, at least the same stars. And the Bucks fell on their face in the bubble, and maybe that was legitimate after all. Still on the Mike Budenholzer um, era of, of the post-mortem. We'll talk a little bit about that. Brian Windhorse of ESPN just making shit up. Brian Windhorst had one meme that worked. What are the Jazz up to? And now he's trying to make that his whole career. Once you get memed, man, there must be a certain, like, power to it where he's trying to strike gold again. So that'll come up a little bit. I'm recording this right after Nikola Jokic pushed a fan. He's trying to get a ball. He pushed a fan out of the way. I hope this shows that Nikola Jokic sucks, like I've been trying to say. Actually, it turns out the fan was the son's new owner. <laughs> and he had he had a flop of ages. I mean, Marcus, Marcus Smart's looking at that flop and taking notes. So that, that series got a little more interesting. Fun stuff. All right. Uh, we're going to talk to Ryan Wood coming up. And then Monday night, I am going to go live after Brewers Dodgers. What I'm going to try to do throughout the summer is go live on Monday nights after whatever Brewer game is playing. 
This week, it's the Dodgers. Next week, it's the Cardinals. Uh, then it's uh, at home against the Astros. Memorial Day, they're off. I suppose I'll take that day, too. But I want to go live on Monday. I miss going live. I miss the interaction. I miss the unpredictability. That's what we were supposed to be doing a bunch during the Bucks playoffs, and that's kind of gone away. So if you can make it, I hope you can. If you can interact, that would be great. Um, I'll plan a show to talk to myself for 45, 50 minutes if I have to, but I would certainly like people to, to jump on, and we'll do it after the Brewer game when most people will be paying attention to it anyway. And there should be some NBA going on. Yeah, Warriors and Lakers will be going on at the same time. Uh, so we can talk about all that. So Monday nights, at least the next couple Mondays through May, I will be doing live shows. If, if Monday it just doesn't work and nobody's there, well, then I won't. Uh, and then I'll magically call in sick to my own show on Tuesday because I'm not preparing anything else. And I'd rather have a, uh, I'd rather have no episode than a shit episode. Now you can argue, but that's my intention at least. If there has been, if there have been shit episodes, I've tried. Uh, maybe, whatever. But I'm trying on this one. We got a lot to talk about. I'll get to Ryan Wood in a second. One thing I was kind of surprised about when I did the CBS shift, and I'm doing that Sundays throughout the summer from one to five. You got to find an app or a station outside of Milwaukee because the fan ain't airing it for some reason. But one to five, I do the shift, and I started talking about the Derby a little bit, and I gave all my typical takes on the derby and horse racing how i don't like it and you know these guys are just future glue whatever all the same bullshit i say but i finally kind of narrowed it down and was like what are we really celebrating here and i still get very triggered by what espn did at the end of the century the 20th century heading into the 21st so the year 1999 in september of that month of that year they came out with a a survey a ranking of best best athletes of all time they put of, of that century they put number one michael jordan number two babe ruth first of all fatty mcbats does not be number two over jim thorpe and jim brown and all these guys that's uh you know kind of bullshit but then secretariat came in number 38 on the list and it wasn't just like oh he's a special horse we'll give it to him they put man of war on there uh, who's that other stupid idiot horse chivalry or some bullshit. I mean, I just do not like horses to begin with. Now I had a really interesting call on CBS where someone called in and said, the reason they kill these things when they break a leg is because they're putting them out of their misery. Horses can't naturally rest. Have you ever seen a horse like lay on the ground? Not really. Horses spend their whole life pretty much on their feet. You've seen cows lay down and like dogs, of course, but horses are like always standing, even when they're in their little shackles, like Mr. Ed. Did you ever see Mr. Ed laying down? No. And I never thought of it that way. So it's kind of sounds miserable to be a horse, but they're not athletes. An athlete has to be a human. So what bothers me is that we celebrate these horses and not the jockey. And we celebrate the owner as well. The jockey's irrelevant. Who gives a shit? Some little guy on a horse. No one cares. But I'm saying we should care. We should be celebrating the jockey. And the horses should be treated like NASCARs. Nobody, like, creams themselves over... Well, I guess they do. People are weird about cars. But we still know the racers. And they are athletes. The NASCAR car is a tool that the driver uses to win a race. Just like the horse is a tool that the jockey uses to win a race. Just like a golf club is a tool that a golfer uses to score a good round. Just like a baseball bat is a tool that a baseball player uses to get hits and home runs. It's just in this case, the horse happens to be alive. And so we fetish over these things. I don't believe horses are athletes. I mean, and I don't think that that like is a dumb take, but I put a poll up on Twitter. Who is more of an athlete, the jockey, the horse, 85% of people that voted said the horse. 
which you can argue like I like horse racing because it's a fun spectacle. I make money. You know, it's it's watching animal. I don't know, whatever you want. But if 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 I'm lost on what's even an athlete. That's surprising to me. I get that they're alive. I just don't think animals can be athletes. Athletes are humans. That's the dictionary definition. Dogs that do the Westminster thing. They're not athletes. A cheetah is not an athlete because it outruns a lion. They're not athletes. They're animals. I just find it so fascinating. Like our fetish with horses. I just hate them. I just hate horses. One kid in college showed me a video of a horse doing something with a person. And I cannot get that image out of my head. It was disgusting. And every time I see a maybe that's it. But I do not like horses. Um, Congratulations. If you won on the horse racing, uh, Ryan Horvat, you may want to check his Twitter feed. He had a very good night. He was betting this mage horse for like months. I talked to him Saturday. He's like, I followed this guy. I was watching all his races. I was, he's like, how much did you win on it? I said, what are you talking about? I told you to bet him. He never did. He tells me all these other things. He tells me Braves Marlins first five innings under one and a half. Never tells me about the horse. Knows I can just go right down the street to Pato. Come on, buddy. Those are the tips I need. Not Jimmy Butler PRAs. I need your long shot 15 to 1 horse, man. Happy place, hemp. I need to be sedated, I think, myself. That would help me. Take a gummy tonight. Fall asleep. Feel real good. The THC ones are delicious and get the job done. There are some that are THC-free that... Uh, some have made a routine of taking in the morning, get their day started, maybe not a big coffee drinker or just need something else to kind of stay focused. Those have been effective uh, from what people say. I like the CBD, CBN ones. They help me sleep. Uh, and of course, I like the Delta 8s and the Delta 9s and the ones that make me feel good. You can feel good, especially when you order because you'll get the 25% off discount code. 25% off happyplacehemp.com. 25% off happyplacehemp.com. The promo code is BART. So when you order, type in the code BART. They do have sampler packs if you just want to try some stuff. Then you come back around, get the order of what you like, and you can use the code both times. So you don't have to worry about using the code, uh, using it up. You get to use it again. So the promo code is BART, happyplacehemp.com. We'll come back. Thanks to Dan Shaney and the uh, streaming. We have Ryan Wood joining us via StreamYard. That will be on YouTube if you want to check out my conversation with Ryan Wood. We talk some Packers, obviously the draft fallout, Jordan Love, and then like his excitement for covering a team that he's not used to covering. He ain't going to Aaron Rodgers' locker anymore. Uh-uh. Aaron Rodgers' locker is being occupied by Sean Clifford, of all people. The Penn State quarterback, QB2. So, yeah, it's a different era of Packer football and one that I think will be exciting and profitable for his career as a journalist and hopefully mine as someone who sits in his basement and whines about the things my quarterback says and does and the way he dresses. So the Dan Shaney insurance stream, danshaney.com. We'll hear from Ryan Wood coming up, and then uh, we'll get through some voicemails in just a little bit. Bart Winkler Show, wherever you get your podcasts, Like and subscribe. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette and PackersNews.com is making his first appearance on the podcast. Hey, buddy. Long time, long time. I miss you, bud. How's it, how's it going? Although I did see you at the Brewers-Mets game, but that was like the last Brewers game I watched, so. Well, it hasn't gotten much better for the Mets since then. It's funny. You said the story of uh, I, I was with my kids that day. My, my oldest just had his birthday. And we uh, got to go up to the press box, and you're like, saw some some Mets jerseys in the press box. <laughs> what the heck is going it was with on? Tim here? Shea. Yeah, it's a Tim Shea. And we saw a guy wearing a Mets jersey and like talking to a bunch of people in the press box. And we're like, who could that be? Maybe it's a celebrity. I don't know. J.K. Oh. Simmons was up there the other night. Who knows who's ever stopping by? And and lo and behold, it was. It was you. Ah. Class Z celebrity, very, very down the list. <laughs> hey, that's one uh, AmFam Field press box appearance for you this year. Zero so far for me. Is How that- many times have you been out there? You said that was the last one that you, you were at? I've gone to like three games Yeah, um, in the stands, but I haven't – I don't know. I've been watching the NBA playoffs, and then – well, that sucked, but – I've been watching more of that. Then they keep playing on the West Coast, which sucks, but we'll get there eventually. But nobody cares uh, right now. Recapping the draft a little bit. And what a weird year it's going to be for you. I mean, you've seen backups come in and, and go, but this will be your first non-Aaron Rodgers year on the beat. Um, I, if, I was, if I was on the beat, I would be excited. How are, how are you approaching uh, a new year with new storylines to come? Yeah, I probably don't feel all that different than the Packers themselves right now. Intrigued, definitely intrigued, um, curious to see what I'm going to find, but have no idea, no clue how this is going to go. And and that's, for me, that's part of the intrigue. That's probably where the Packers veer a little differently. That That's probably more of, um, I, I don't want to say dread, but I, not, not good to be intrigued at your starting quarterback position. But from where I sit, it's going to be awfully interesting to find out this this first round pick that's been waiting three years. And, you know, you can't help to recall some history. The last time this happened, first round pick waited three years, turned out pretty good. So we'll see. It's going to be a hell of a hard job for Jordan Love. I and mean, he's got the shadow of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers had the shadow of Brett Favre. Jordan Love's going to be held to the standard of Aaron Rodgers. He just is. Aaron Rodgers was held to the standard of Brett Favre. Can Jordan Love duplicate what Aaron Rodgers did? Don't know, but we'll find out. Is there? Have you guys had like a – because, okay, Aaron Rodgers is gone. He's out of sight, out of mind to me. I'm moving on. And I'll watch Jets games because I watch every NFL game possible. So it's not like I'm not going to see him play. But I would imagine that like the Green Bay Press-Gazette and PackersNews.com do you, you still cover him a little bit? Do you cover him or is it because he will, I mean, he'll, he'll draw a click. Like you got to cover him. 
If I, only it was that easy to be out of sight, out of mind. If, if only. I actually, uh, the last time he was on McAfee, I had this like point of dread where I was like, I didn't know he was on McAfee today. Oh, no. And I, yeah, I like listened to it. I was like, oh, this is all about the Jets. Like, there's, yeah. there's nothing for me here. So that was nice. But it's probably going to take me a while until I'm able to, okay, Aaron Rodgers is speaking. It's not like a dog whistle of like, Okay, perk up. I have to pay attention now. Um, that that that's going to take a little bit of while to get used to. Yeah, you know he'll be all over the place, and, and there's a lot of connections. So, whatever you know, whatever. But again, it's this is a new era, and Jordan Love's going to be the quarterback. And the thing that I think I, I've talked to you about this, but I, I think that Love is going to be good because Jordan Love, or Aaron Rodgers rather, never really let him saw the field. Even at four and eight, when he was injured, I thought there could have been a very easy. All right, we're not making the playoffs, whatever. But then he jumps on McAfee, gets a gets in front of the story, says, "I'm going to play until we're mathematically eliminated." And Rogers, for what it's worth, too, like you know, Favre famously said, "I'm not, you know, I'm not here to bring anybody along." But Rogers has always been very complimentary of Love. Uh, I I believe he'll be rooting for Jordan Love. I think he'll be good. But we got it. We like we don't know. The preseason time's been so limited. We have a little bit of an Eagles game. We have a little bit of a Chiefs game. I would have loved to see him play the five weeks uh, at the end of the season because I, I not only do I want to see him play a game, I want to see him follow up a game. How do you play after a win? How do you play after a loss? When do you think we'll know if Jordan Love is good or bad? It's a great question. I, you know, I wasn't here in two thousand eight to cover it. And I think it's going to be a process. The point that you said, Bart, he's got to do it week after week. It's not going to be an, uh, an automatic type thing. He's, he's got to, if he has a good week, he's got to follow that. If he's got a bad week, he's got to learn from that. And, and that takes time. The thing he has going for him, it, it, there's been just enough of a sample size, just enough to have a trajectory and the trajectory, if you follow the, the first three seasons, is pointing in the right way. He was a lot better in last season. I know it was just a fourth quarter in Philly, but he was a lot better from that training camp. I was there at every training camp practice. Preseason, you put all that together, a lot better in 2022 than 2021. 2021 was a car wreck. I mean, it was it was not good in Kansas City. It was it, deer in the headlights, just, just not good. He was better. Now it's going to get real because now you're not just going against the prevent defense. You're, you want to see a blitz. Yeah. Now, now you've got to manage a game and not just have a, a spot snaps. That, that, that's an entirely different beast. So, you know, he, he's, he's at a point right now. He's, he's a better athlete right now than Aaron Rodgers is. He's not a better quarterback. That's a different thing. But athletically, he, he's, he's an athletic guy. He showed that last year. He's mobile. I thought he looked more comfortable using that mobility, getting outside the pocket, making plays, the timing, his internal play clock. All those things look better, but, the again, the Eagles prevent defense. They, they, they were holding on to a lead in the fourth quarter. What does it look like from the first snap when you've got Steve Spagnuolo and the Chiefs defense sending the house every every snap? That That's going to be the real big test that he has to face. Does the way they – extended him tell us anything about how they feel about him i think it seemed to be a fair deal on both sides the one thing you don't want to do is not extend him and then next year you're paying him 45 million dollars like daniel jones uh but you also don't want to extend him and then he sucks i think it was a good you know just all right let's go they got this out of the way let's let's see what you look like yeah, I don't know if it tells us anything because it was an obvious decision. Uh, he's got to have two years. They're, and the reason why is they're they're pot committed to Jordan Love. They, they don't know what they have, but they have to find out what they have. And they have even to if he sucks this have. year, they got to give him another like even if he sucks. If it's the worst case scenario, which I I think will be something better than that. I, I do. I don't know what he'll be. I don't think he's going to be Brett Hundley in the flesh. I, I think it's going to be something better than that. He's a first-round yeah. pick for a reason. He has talent. He's shown talent. Some of the throws he made in Philly, I don't care if it's prevent defense, some of those throws were legit NFL throws. He's looked more comfortable, the athleticism. I think it's going to be enough, bare minimum, to give him that second year. 
if he crashes and burns right out of the gate, no, I, I you know, Brian Gudikins, I think has learned at this point not to compound mistakes by making more mistakes, but it's a pretty low bar. I think he has to pass to, to deserve that second year with how invested they are in him. I, I imagine he's going to pass that bar. Brett Hundley, uh, is backing up in the XFL, backing up in the XFL. Remember that game against the Steelers on Sunday night where he threw three touchdowns? I thought that was his worst game that he played. All of those, those touchdowns. Those are wide open. Those yeah. are wide open touchdowns. Yeah, and everyone's like, oh, we got him. No. I just want to point out that I was right about that, as I usually am with things. The draft as a whole, was there anything they did do or didn't do that – left you scratching your head or surprised you a little bit? The surprising thing for me is that there wasn't. Like I understood everything that they did, and I'm not the kind to you – know, if if there's issues in a draft, and there usually are, I have no issue calling them out. A year ago, when they didn't draft a tight end, and Brian Gudikins is saying, you know, we might have something in Tyler Davis, and he was right. They had a special teamer. You knew that was going to be a problem. That, that was an issue. There's no glaring – hole in this draft yes I know they didn't get a starting safety but you know what I thought the best thing that that Brian Gudikins did he recognized where this franchise is they're not a starting safety from winning the Super Bowl in 2023 so if you have the choice of getting a starting safety and putting more talent directly around Jordan Love that that's a a sacrifice you've got to make and he did if they were a starting safety away from winning the Super Bowl then you can you can question that They're, they're just not Offensive line is the other position that, that fans have kind of – no offensive linemen, which is rare for the Packers, rare for Brian Gudikins, but they have 13 offensive linemen on the roster. And the, the, quite a few of them are experienced guys who have played in the league. The one thing that they maybe could have used at offensive line was tackle insurance on the left side for David Bakhtiari is probably entering his last year. But it was a really thin shelf at, at left tackle in this draft. If they weren't going to get it at 13 – they, they weren't going to get it. So so don't just pick a guy to pick a guy. We got 13 guys on the roster already and hope that sticks. Go get Jordan Love help. And that's what they did. Probably going to have to get a left tackle next year. But you look at, do they get a left tackle? Do they, do they get a, a Broderick Jones or do they get a Lucas Van Ness at 13? There's a much bigger need for 2023 with Rashawn Gary coming off the ACL with a thin group already to, to go get a, a – high potential premium position at edge rusher than left tackle. So I, the, we don't know if this is a good draft. It's going to take two, two years to let these guys develop. And if they hit on the picks or not, that'll determine whether this was a good draft, but I thought the approach was sound. I like that. You know, when you look at the skill positions and they drafted a couple of tight ends, uh, you know, bringing Reed at receiver, Aaron Jones is 28 and he seems like he's a hundred in that uh, backfield. And with those skill guys, I like that everybody is going to kind of do this together. You know, like we talk about as Brewers fans when Hard and Fielder and Weeks and uh, J.J. Hardy came up, they all did it together. And you could see these guys grow and really become, uh, you know, MLB all-star caliber players together, some better than others, of course. But Jordan Love's going to have, like, guys that he can be with for a few years. There's not a Alan Lazard in the way or, or, you know, some whatever in the way. So I like that they're going to do all this together. I don't think they like need to go find a veteran receiver just to do it. I, I this is what I want. I'm I'm totally fine with this skill position. Uh, and again, Aaron Jones is like the elder statesman at 28. The thing you said there in the way that that's that's a good way to put it. And not not maybe with Al Lazard. Al Lazard's a, a quality NFL receiver. But I I always go back to when the Packers drafted Amari Rogers and then traded for Randall Cobb, who wasn't going to give you much on the field. He did. I thought a Rogers could have been better. Uh, I don't think he got a fair shake on offense. Just so you know. I, I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know that Amari Rogers would have panned out if they never made that trade. I, I have no, there were other issues like the, the guy just had no confidence and that's kind of important in the NFL, but you need snaps to develop. You've got to play to grow. And he never had that opportunity. You look at this depth chart. I don't don't bring if you're if you're in it for 2023, then fine, bring a veteran in. But if you're not, if you're on a two to three year timetable, which is where the Packers are now, give all the snaps to your young guys. Let them make their mistakes. Let them screw up and learn from it. 
let them develop. And you hope that they grow. You hope that they do develop. But you got to have those snaps to be able to do that. They're, they're positioned right now as is to have that opportunity. Well, I'm excited. I mean, you cover the Green Bay Packers. There is interest in the Green Bay Packers. But even in doing the radio show for the last handful of years, it's like, yeah, okay, Mondays are big and Fridays, you know, getting ready for the weekend. But I, there were, there were like years where the season didn't start until the divisional round because right. you knew they were going to be 13 and four, 13 and three. And then you knew they would lose in the playoffs, but there was still that game. But you, you like knew the script every year. The fact that we have a script that we don't know, and maybe they are a 12 win team, maybe they're a six win team. I don't think it'll be that bad, but it's good. Like, even if they go nine and eight or eight and nine, they were eight and nine last year. It'll be a hell of a lot more of exciting of an eight and nine than than last year's team was. Where last team last year's team was underachieving and frustrating, and we needed another you know t shirt slogan from Rogers or whatever to to get us all fired up. This is going to be a, a, every week matters and every week is important. And I think that uh, subscription rates should boom for the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> Good promo, I like it. You know, look, it's going to be intensely covered. Um, and it's all, you know, it's all about intel, what we're going to learn. It's a blank slate right now. We have no idea. And that intel is going to come in quick. And it's going to start to paint a picture. It's going to take time because th- this is a process. Any first-year starting quarterback, you've got to go through that fire. You've got to learn a lot of times through failure. And then at the end of it, the sink or sweat. That's what it's going to be like for Jordan Love. But the entire time along the way everything he does is going to be in, intensely scrutinized uh observed recorded it, it's it's going to be very fascinating i would imagine from a fan's perspective there is a certain exhale that's allowed of okay this is not the this is a learning year and you're going to learn a lot and there's excitement there but the expectations make the world go around right not like you said nine and eight last year when the expectation, the three straight 13-win seasons, nine and eight don't feel very good. When mm. you have no idea what to expect and you've got a quarterback, a young quarterback potentially on, on a good trajectory, you go nine and eight, it's an, same record, entirely different feeling. So, again, it's, it's all about that two- to three-year timetable. It was that way for Aaron Rodgers. It took him three years to win a Super Bowl. He, he, they were six and ten his first year as a starter. It, it was not overnight. So how quickly we'll, we'll find out. Well, and this is what I say as a fan, like to people that, you know, call Packer fans entitled and entitled town and stuff. Um, the year you win a championship is the most fun year. Even if there's like a lot of agony and pain and heartbreak and, you know, annoyance, you won a championship. It is the most fun year. Then the next most fun year is the year where you have little to no expectations and you're good. I put a little to no expectations year. Like the argument I kept making is there was a year a few years ago where the Browns had no expectations. Uh, Baker Mayfield took them to a playoff game. They beat the Steelers in the playoffs. That was the COVID year because Stefanski was at home. They were up like 28 nothing in the first quarter. They had a more fun year than the Packers who went 13 and whatever and lost to Tom Brady. These, these years, like, other fans can look in and say, oh, 13 and three every year, that must be awesome. But it's not because then when you lose in the playoffs, it's a huge fall from grace. So I'm more excited as a fan than I've been in a long time. And I hope that's reflected in some of the players. Like I think that, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I know had a lot of friends in there and, and whatever, but this is a new start for Jordan Love and he gets to be the guy. And this is a new start for a lot of these guys. And it's it's like a new opportunity and they can make this really – their own. I think the slate is clean for everybody wearing a jersey. I I think you know there's a lot of youth in that locker room. I do think that there's a lot of excitement again the youth to kind of, for lack of a better term, grow with one of their own. You come in as a rookie receiver, you know you're playing with Aaron Rodgers, and it's almost kind of like mind out of body because you grew up watching him play, and yeah. then the reality hits you real quick. If you take one false step, it, it, it it's on you. And there's very little grace. The, the standard is the standard. There's more flexibility now. They're allowed to make those mistakes. They're, 
shoot, even encouraged to make those mistakes. Go test the boundaries. Go see what you can and cannot get away with on an NFL field. Oh, by the way, you're going to be growing right alongside this quarterback. From the youth in this locker room, I I think that this is going to be a a welcomed transition. Now, we'll see when the games start because losing is never fun. And there's going to be losses. And so that's from from Matt LaFleur's standpoint, keeping that locker room together through the turbulent times that are coming. That's that's going to be a big part of his coaching job in 2023. But right now, young guys get to play. Young guys are, you know, have an aging four time MVP quarterback off their back. I can almost guarantee you that there's excitement from from uh, from the youth in this locker room at this point. Well, I'm excited too to find out if Matt Lafleur is a good coach because I don't know that that we know that. I mean, he had the fastest and best record in the first few years as any Packer coach, but I would like this year to be a year where Matt Lafleur doesn't get up to the podium and almost like apologize for what he did, or where you can almost look at him and see he just learned how to do that or he just learned in that situation we all you know when he came over we thought oh he's got this certain offense and it's Shanahan like or whatever I'm excited to to see that so we're gonna see not only if Jordan loves good I think we're gonna find out what he if, if Matt LaFleur is any good when when Matt LaFleur was hired his job was basically two parts number one resurrect Aaron Rodgers and he did that he handled that job really really well because people might forget that 2018 was not good Aaron no. Rodgers was, and he wasn't great in 2019. He was better than 2018, but it took two years, and then boom, he's winning MVPs again. And he won half of his MVPs in that short time with Matt LaFleur as head coach. So from job one, Matt LaFleur passed that with flying colors. But job two was extending relevancy, extending contention in life after Aaron Rodgers. And that's that's job two now. And this is the more pressing job for Matt LaFleur is because it's on him. It's no more collaboration between head coach and quarterback as it's been the last four years. He's got his hand plucked guy in, in Jordan Love that has waited three years to learn his offense. He's got his offense. Again, no more collaboration. He's got tight ends in his offense, which if you know anything about Matt LaFleur's scheme is very multiple. He loves tight ends. He needs tight ends. They got two now, second and third round pick that they can mold and and grow around a young quarterback. He's got the pieces he should need for this offense to flourish. Now it just has to go out and flourish, and that's what we'll find out. Buy or sell, the person most relieved that the Packers are starting with a new quarterback is Joe Barry, because now he will get criticized less and less because there's not like a Super Bowl waiting in in the wings. Oh, I I sell that Joe Barry will ever get criticized unless if his defense uh, doesn't <laughs> perform up to expectations. And there's a lot on the defense this year because you know that you, you're going to have growing pains offensively. You know that there's going to be some stumbles with the first-year starting quarterback. And all you got to do is look at the defensive roster. There's talent there everywhere. There was last year, too. They should have been a top 10, if not a top 5 defense last year. But that's the thing that Joe Barry's never done. He's never coordinated a top 10 to top five defense. He's got the pieces to do that. He needs to be able to, to, to get this defense to play at the level that it looks like on paper. Oh, by the way, he just got another first round pick, another high upside edge rusher. Yeah. So he's just getting more and more pieces. I There's always going to be pressure on Joe Barry. And, and if, if it doesn't deliver, there's, there's always, you know, you know, Bart, the fans are going to be screaming. The uh, Packers, one more for you, Ed, by Ryan Wood on Twitter. Um, Green Bay Prescott's at PackersNews.com. They have the worst odds to win the NFC North, which I don't know if I agree with. Uh, I think the sexy pick is the Lions. The Vikings are probably going to go 9-8 and eight like they always do. I do like the trajectory of the Bears, but I think that's more of a slow burn. Who do you like in the North as of May 9th or whatever day it is? You know the thing with the Lions? I feel like everything the Lions do gets judged through this Lions prism. Like, oh, they're not a dumpster fire. They're really good. No, no. Just because they're not a dumpster fire doesn't mean that they're really good. They have the potential to be okay. I mean, they've got some talent. But do I think the Lions are going to be this juggernaut in the NFC North? No, they're not not that. They're just not a dumpster fire. 
for once in a very, very long time. And that the Lions, they, the Lions serve one purpose in the NFL, and that's be good enough so that Thanksgiving week, the storyline should the Lions host a game every week doesn't come up. That's their only mm-hmm. purpose. So are they a sexy pick? Yes, because they're not a dumpster fire, but that doesn't mean that they're. That, I don't see them as the clear cut favorite of the NFC North. Um, I, Chicago can Justin Fields take another level? I think that's possible. I think the I think there's can. a very legitimate way where the Packers win. I, I you could talk me into the Packers winning the division or being fourth. That's the that's the entire NFC North right now. Yeah, like, they this, all stop. This, this division has been the opposite of wide open for years. Yeah. I mean. For decades, right? Like for 30 years, it's been Brett Favre, it's been Aaron Rodgers. It is completely wide open now. That doesn't mean the Packers just went away. That doesn't mean that they, they're they're locked in that fourth spot. It means it's wide open. I have no idea what to expect from the NFC North. You can talk me into any of the teams. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Packers. And they're plus four ten. I'm gonna go to the casino today and put it down. Put that money where your mouth is. It's very optimistic. I don't know that I would pick the Packers. But I wouldn't not pick the Packers. I just I don't know what to expect from the NFC North. I mean, everything about this, Jordan Love, Matt LaFleur's offense, the NFC North at large, how many wins the Packers get, it's all up in the air. It's Everything's up in the air. So that's – Yeah, that, and that's, that's why that. this is so awesome. I it think it's fun. awesome. I, I you know, don't I, disagree with you one bit. Because I don't – like, oh, the 70s and 80s, they're not going to be that bad. This is the this is the beginning of a new chapter, a new story, and I put that book down and I'm ready to read a new one. Now I don't really read; I just watch Marvel shows all day. But it's a, like it's like a new show. I'm starting Daredevil for the first time. Okay, what's your uh, what's your spitball number right now? You had to throw a wins number out there, and granted, it's not you know early May, and you've got to see the schedule, but. What's your spitball number? Uh, eight. My floor is seven. Yeah. My ceiling is ten. I think I've got it from six to nine. Aaron Rodgers was six and ten his first year. This is a pretty talented roster. I know they're coming off NFC of Championship game appearance. Well, depend on the defense because that year I remember what I remember about that year is Rodgers would like he would have a three minute comeback. He mm-hmm. would he would score with 220 left on the clock. And then the defense would always blow it, and everyone would be like, Rodgers sucks in the last two minutes. No, Rodgers don't have the ball in the last two minutes. He <laughs> scored. They scored. Then the defense. So I, I would think six, and then I, th- I think a nine and eight record's just fine for first year of Jordan Love. I, 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 oh, I that'd think be great. There would be a lot of excitement there. So six to nine. Keep the coverage all season long. Ryan Wood, PackersNews.com. Tip of the cap to you, good sir. Thanks for coming Always on. fun, man. Good catching up. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's say you own an NBA team. Mm-hmm. Every ticket is sold. Every suite is sold. You own the real estate around the arena. Tenants are sold. You have an MVP in his prime under contract. Why would you sell? You didn't do it, Wendy. Why would you sell? Yeah, you're supposed to. Well, one of the most, while we were up here arguing about who the MVP was going to be or whether the Lakers are going to make the playoffs, one of the most important things in the NBA happened when the owner of the Bucks, Mark Lazary, sold in the end in the middle of the season. So why did he do it? Because of the thundercloud that is on the horizon. <laughs> we are now hearing the first, th- the, the first round. Are you saying what I think? You're yes, saying? 
why, why yeah you know why would he sell he sold number one all right why would he sell what are the jazz up to brian windhorse come on man the other people with him is that jeff darlington i don't know the woman but they're doing the fingers they're like trying to recreate the meme he did this with the jazz uh you know something what what are the jazz up to something like that i forget what it was exactly and then they traded gobert and, and mitchell and then everyone uses that wind horse meme and now he's trying to make something out of nothing and yeah this season one of the bucks owners sold one of them there's two of the principal guys there's still your jamie dinans or diamonds or i get him confused with the one i always see on like the cnbc feed and then there's um Giannis uh is the owner so rogers i got it confused and then there's like i think gruber has a share all these guys have like little fractions of a share i think everybody that works at espn milwaukee gets like 0.0000002 percent you know all these guys i i don't know how it works it's weird with the gruber connection over there but it's uh it's nothing this is nothing what he's trying to say is lazary sold because he wants to get out of Dodge before everything blows up, before the Bucks have to move on from Giannis, sell everyone. Then he's trying to say the Knicks are keeping an eye on this, and we're just trying to be right back to where we were a couple years ago. The reason I know this is a bunch of garbage is because the only people talking about this still are people like me and other Bucks fans that are trying to tell you that this is garbage. Nobody else picked it up. Nobody else talked about it. Nobody else referenced it. Nobody else gave credit to it. It basically did not happen. It happened. It was an echo, and Bucks fans keep echoing it because we're, like, mad that he's even saying things this stupid. And then, uh, you know, he's going on and on, and it's dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb. Uh, Maybe Giannis doesn't sign his next contract here. Is this the time to talk about that? He signed three contracts to stay in Milwaukee. I think he likes Milwaukee just fine. If Giannis decides in his next contract to leave, I love you, man. We're not, I can't keep these guys here forever. Like, we, we can't do that. We've already got more out of Giannis than we ever thought we were going to get. And I'm not trying to inhale some copium here. I don't think he's going anywhere. I also don't think now's the time to talk about it. We got to be talking about decisions about Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez and Drew Holiday and the next coach. That's all important. The Giannis thing is just like, how much can you cram into the piggy bank there, man? Let's like slow down and relax a little bit. So I think that's a bunch of garbage. Uh, The Lazarus sold because his son had a failed campaign for the Senate that they pumped a lot of money in. And I think he lost his ass on Bitcoin and other stocks. So what do you do in an investment when your other investments crash? You take the investment you put money in and you pull out your money. I think it's pretty simple. Now, maybe I'm just a dumb, dumb head who doesn't think horses are athletes. There's a voicemail on this and some more voicemails from you guys. So let's get to it. This is from Cone Roller talking about the subject. Voicemail is brought to you by Carl's Place, carloft.com, backslash Bart. Golf simulators galore. You can also find it on the bartwinklershow.com website that the guys from Sun Ant Interactive helped me out with. Uh, I mean, they took whatever my design was going to be and made it 100 times better, and I appreciate that. That's another place where you can get the podcast every day. So here's uh, Cone's initial thought of it. It's from Friday morning. Not sure if he's changed or not, but here's what he said on Friday. Hey, Bart. It's Cone. Uh, Friday morning, May the 5th. Cinco de, or Winko de Mayo. Happy Winko de Mayo. I, you know, I still think it's a little cultural appropriation, but, you know, we'll let it slide. Uh, to that point, okay, how about this one? I saw some kitty cat lover say it was Cinco de Meow. Cinco de Meow. So... I'm not sure if that's worse or better. Cone. The Winkler verse. Anyway, seeing instant reaction to the Brian Windhorse clip, a lot, a lot of Bucks fans, Nate Marzian, Armin Sarian, they're all freaking out about what Windhorse is saying, saying it's just ESPN drumming up stories to, 
you know, pick on Giannis, pick on the small market. But I agree with Windhorse, and, you know, I'm not a huge Windhorse fan. He's been dick-riding LeBron his whole career. But, you know, he's speculating a ton. I will give the Bucks fans that. He is speculating a lot on what this team is going to do. But the basis of his speculation is all fact. Giannis is a free agent in two years. There is was a new owner, Jimmy Haslam, that came in at a weird spot in the season. They do have old free agents, Chris Middleton, Drew, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez. So I think Bucks fans should kind of listen to what Windhorse is saying. You know, we are, I hate to say it, but we are approaching the doomsday scenario with how this Bucks team and the future looks. And, you know, I guess it's just, you know, you got to remember to enjoy the good old days. And I think this the window is not going to be any more wide open than it was last year or the last five years. It's only going to start getting smaller and smaller and smaller. No young talent on this roster. No assets. I mean, I said this last night, and I'm, I'm, it could be true. Is if Bud is still under the Bucks' rights, kind of like the Sean Payton thing, is Mike Budenholzer our best trade asset that we have at this point? It'd be hard to find somebody else. So, curious to hear your thoughts on the Windhorse clip. If you just think it's a bunch of clickbait garbage, I disagree. I think it's it's not fact, but I think what Windhorse is saying is based on a lot of facts. So, I agree with him. I, I think, Cohen, thank you. I think what uh, Windhorse is doing is taking a bunch of things that happened and he's putting them into a blender and he's making it about Giannis. And I just think that that's unfair. Giannis was a player option in 25-26. If you look around the league, that's like when a lot of guys' contracts come up. This is not a league where they sign 10-year contracts. Guys sign four or five-year contracts, and then they're up. So whether it's Steph Curry or Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic or LeBron James, these guys aren't under contract forever. Uh, now some stars find a way to get traded and when the con, I mean, that that's always a small possibility that Giannis could just say, screw this. I'm out. Um, I don't bother thinking of that for a minute because I don't think it's going to happen. And if it does, it's such a small percentage and it would be such a blindside. I don't need to protect myself from that. Uh, I do think there's a lot of questions about the bucks. Absolutely. I agree that there's a window that, there, there's a missed opportunity. You know, they, they won a championship and we'll be forever grateful. I, I do wonder if, you know, the further out we'll get from this, we'll, we'll be more mad that they didn't win another one. And they certainly had their opportunities. And so they're firing Mike Budenholzer at a time where they don't want the window to slip away. But in the meantime, they have some decisions to make. They, they have some decisions to make. I, you know, I think there's a, like Giannis is hundred percent back. I think they'll sign Brooke Lopez to some deal, put that at 85, 90, uh, Chris 50% true. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I'd be looking to move these guys. I'd be looking to shake it up. This didn't work. I think it's going to take more than a new coach in here to get this group to work. You need to be younger. And they don't, it's not like they even have enough young guys where it's just like, oh, we'll get a new coach in here. He'll play Marjan. He'll play Jordan Wara. He'll play Christian Wood. He'll play Mamu. I mean, we traded a lot of those guys for Jay Crowder and Miritich and Paul Gasol. So we had a plan. The Bucs did. They, they made the plan. They succeeded in their plan. I liken this to, uh, believe it or not, the MCU when I was doing the show on Friday for Zach Gelb. I said, the Bucks had a plan. Their whole plan with Giannis was to get to Endgame. Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. And they got there. And it was a success. And then after that, they got to figure out what to do next. And they don't have a plan. Now you're starting to see a plan come together, we think. But they really didn't have a plan. But they had, like, if you don't like some of the new batch of Marvel, it doesn't take away from how good the Infinity Saga was. And if you don't like this new batch of Bucks, it doesn't take away from how good the Bucks run was. They put everything into one basket to try to win a championship, and they did. 
And when they did, they brought everybody back because they thought that was the best way. And it should have been. Then Middleton got hurt. Also, I still thought they should have been good enough to beat the Celtics. And then now they lost to the Heat, which is totally unacceptable. And so Budenholzer's out. And we'll see what happens next. I don't think, like, this isn't an offseason where we need to talk about Giannis, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, I think there was tangible reasons why the Lazarus sold. And they brought in Haslam because they have all this money coming up. This is a guy that has money. He was willing to throw at uh, a championship. We thought he gets here and then he doesn't win right away. So I guess it's kind of funny on that regard. But of this offseason, like we could talk about ownership change. We could talk about Middleton. We can talk about Holiday. We can talk about all these guys. But to make it about Giannis, it's just like it seemed like a desperate move from Windhorse. And that's where I draw the line. Hot Take Jake wants to talk some bucks after the firing of Mike Budenholzer. Hey, Bart. It's your guy, Hot Take Jake. Feeling a little dejected right now. Um, not because of the Budenholzer stuff. Like, you know, yeah, it sucks that, you know, business is business and sports and it was time to move on. And it was the right call. Somebody needed to be held accountable um, after that, you know, just horrendous showing in the first round there against Miami. But, um, I don't know, man, like I, uh, I'm trying to like be more positive, but this does feel like the end of an era. Um, and I do think the number one, I think the Bucks are going to run it back. And I think that's going to be a mistake. At least when you talk about the roster construction is I was listening to you talk with Evan Heffel, Peffel, Puffer. Um, I think I got that right. Um, and it was very telling because I think a lot of Bucks fans are going to feel the same way where he was like, Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. The Bucks need to make changes. But, um, yeah, I don't want to move on from Chris. Chris is perfect for Giannis. Like, I don't want to move on from Drew. I think they're going to re-sign Brooke. So, it's like, I think there's too much goodwill left from that finals run, if that is possible. But, you know, people are going to romanticize that, and that's probably going to be like, well, we can't move on from these guys. They want it for us. But in, in terms of, like, you know, sports, three years will have passed by next, you know, playoff run or next off season and that's an eternity and i just think that you know you have to strike when the iron is hot so to speak and um i think the iron was probably hot last year um if people wanted to be real but now it's like lukewarm so you have to like do what you can and the other thing that's got me down and i think a lot of bucks fans may feel the same way is like i think deep down we know that Giannis is fucking amazing but I think there's a decent chance that his star burns out brightly and like fiery hot. Meaning I don't think his game is going to age well once he gets into like his early to mid thirties. It's not going to be like Tim Duncan who is just so fundamentally sound everywhere. And it's not going to be like a LeBron who, you know, because Giannis doesn't take drugs like LeBron does to keep his body the way that he does. And Giannis doesn't get, you know, the ridiculous whistle from the officials to, you know, keep him at the free throw line. So, um, I don't know, like, it, part of me is like, you got to just completely reset this thing and go young and get some athletic guys to run with Giannis, but the other part of me is like, I don't know how many years of prime Giannis we have left, so I don't know, man, cheer me up, um, and for the record, Bart, I know it's not your guy, but they're going to hire Nick Nurse. Anyways, uh, Bucks in six, I guess, I, I don't know, got Bucks lost, uh, we'll see, love you, Barty. Yeah, I love you too. I mean, I got to be cheered up after that call, Jake. Now, see, now we're pivoting to thinking about Giannis's star burning out. I'm not. I'm not there. I, I I would like a refresh of the roster if possible, and and see what you can do. I think that's. I think that's fine. And if you bring it back, it's still a very good team. Like Drew and Middleton and Lopez, if they're back, that's still a good team. But then I would look at moving some other guys. Uh, do you move Bobby? Can you? I mean, he is the mayor. Bobby, I wanted more out of Bobby than I think we got this year. And like Pat and Grayson, I who wants them? Yeah, we don't really have a lot of tradable assets, do we? Marjan? Uh... Yeah. Here is John and Franklin. Hey, everybody. John and Franklin. Sorry about the voice. 
know, trying to impersonate Barry White, fighting off the last of a pretty, pretty good run with a cold here. Just some thoughts on things before they completely disappear off the Wisconsin sports radar. But, but Coach Bud, thank you so much for the, the championship. We won a lot of, lot of, lot of um, regular season games. You did get a championship, and we'll always appreciate you for that. I don't celebrate anybody losing his job as a person who's been walked out of a couple buildings. Um, but uh, understand it had to be done in this instance. You know the. The inexplicable exit from this playoff run this year just brings a lot of things to the fore. And I'm hearing, you know, I want to weigh in on uh, agreeing with you, Bart. I do not want Nick Nurse, or as I call him, Nurse Nick, with his fake glasses so he looks smart. No, don't want him. If I was coaching a bunch of really good players and then you tossed Kawhi Leonard motivated and actually you know, playing at the pinnacle of his game as he did against the Bucks. Yeah, I'd probably, you know, do pretty well, too. And uh, if he came in and we won a championship, I would not wear a stupid-ass double N or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> okay? I'll wear a Bucks championship hat, not his, under any circumstance. And just briefly on the board, I like a lot of the changes that have come down with uh, MLB, but I don't think I really like the schedule. You know, I'm sure it's just an anomaly, but if, instead of playing Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, we're going to be on the West Coast every other week. Not a fan. Take care, everybody. I'm out. Yeah, they're on the West Coast a lot. Um, and that's kind of been one of the things that has been keeping me from following this Brewers team as much as I would normally do. There is a stark there's a stark difference between how much I am watching the Brewers this season so far and how much I would be if I was doing the old show. I would be, I would be watching every game. It'd be, I mean, it'd get at least an hour run on our show every day. I'd be talking to McKelvey. I'd be talking to Tim Allen. We'd be talking to you know, whoever. Uh, but right now, you know, wrapped up with the different work things I'm doing and then being wrapped up in the NBA playoffs. The Brewers, that's why, again, I'm going to be on, uh, we're going to do live shows Monday nights, kind of refocus myself to watch this. This is a good time, I think, to play uh, this voicemail. This is from Brett in Tosa. Hey, Bart, Brett here. You know, love love all the Bucks talk, um, love all the Bud talk. Obviously, that's that's the hot story right now, as it should be. Um, but I, uh, Brewers, I, I do want to circle back. You know, I think it was Tim, you and I had a conversation in February or March, about what the Brewers need to do in the, the beginning of the season to, to get the fans back. And a couple of things we line, laid out were, you know, having these young guys that was promising, bring those guys up. It was crucial to get off to a good uh, start to the season, um, do some, some good things on social media and things like that. And I feel like they've done all that. Um, and obviously, they've, the last week or so, they went in a little slump. Um Baseball, the long season, there's ups and downs. But for the most part, you know, the, the Cardinals are running themselves out of the division race. And I would think the Pirates and Cubs are going to regress a little bit. So the Brewers have it all right in front of them and are off to a good start. So I'm just curious. You know, you talked about your plan going forward and you're more invested in spring football and the Warriors and, and things like that. Is, is it just me? Have, have the Brewers done everything to – get fans back is it just a you problem um i'm just kind of curious on why you're not more into baseball you know it, you've talked about on national things how you love all the real changes and all this stuff seems like every, you, you like everything that's going on but you're not interested so i'm just i'm just curious um obviously there's not a lot of Bruce talk um in this in this state um there's a certain station that wants to run highlights from 15 years ago over a Brewers post game in April. Um, so um, I'm just looking for someone that wants to talk Brewers. Um, so curious where you're at. Thanks. Well, it looks like to get back to what John was saying, the Brewers are not on the West coast again until at least I got the first half here, at least through the all-star break, uh, which is good. 
the Brewers have the Dodgers, as we know, then the Royals, they go to St. Louis, go to Tampa, Houston, San Francisco comes here, Toronto at Cincinnati, uh, Cleveland. No, that says Baltimore. What am I doing? They host the A's, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Arizona's here, then Cleveland. So they're on this side of the Mississippi, outside of Minnesota. Uh, I think the rest of the, pretty much the rest of the, well, I think St. Louis, whatever. You know what I'm saying? So I should be able to watch this. I think one of the problems for me is watching the Brewers is like, it's hard to like watch one game and then come back and watch another game five, seven days later. The more you get into the Brewers, the the more you get into the Brewers. You know what I mean? When you follow a team and I look, I've been, whether it's having to call a soccer game or doing a national show where I, you know, if I, I only have one, they, they stick me. I'm not even in my old studio. I'm in a production room, so I can only have one screen up and I'm watching whatever NBA games on at the time, you know, and I can't really watch the Brewers. And then if I do, I start talking about the Brewers and nobody, I mean, it's a national show. Nobody cares, but I still like the Brewers. I still like the Brewers quite a bit. I am getting a little upset at myself when I get these emails about roster changes. There's guys on this team right now on this roster right now that I wouldn't be able to tell you were on the roster. Uh, there's like a new pitcher every day. And normally I'm all, I'm all over that, but Bennett Souza, Elvis Piguero. I still don't know how to say Piam's last name. Is that how you say it? I, I don't know. So I, I've been a bad fan. I I've been a bad fan. Uh, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. What's good about the Brewers is they suck this week, but it didn't really matter because the whole NL central was ass. The Pirates, did they go own seven this week? Brewers are 19 and 15 half game back. I think uh, a series against the Dodgers will reinvigorate me a little bit. And then having these games on at different times. It's not just the Warriors either. I'm really into the NBA playoffs. Uh, maybe it's because I know I'm talking about it on a national scale. Like I'm going to be doing the writer than you show on Tuesday. So I'll watch the Brewers, but I got to keep an eye on the NBA stuff. Um. Be doing that Friday too. They're not really playing in the day a lot. And if they do, I forget about it and take a nap. <laughs> oh, I've been on a terrible sleep schedule. I've been drinking a week and I'm actually sleeping like twice as much as I normally do. Saturday, I, th- I honestly think I slept between naps and getting up late and then trying to get up with my kid and flying back asleep and going to bed early. I think I was only awake for eight hours on Saturday. I'm like, my body's like, in shock that it hasn't had alcohol in it in six days. Oh yeah. I'm not going to be like, I'm not going sober. I will be fucked up again very soon, but just wanted to, let's want to see if I can lose my gut here. And I'm getting a lot of sleep, you know, sleep is good. Sleep when you're dead. No fam. I want my sleep now. You got to think of that. Like horses can't even lay down naturally. And I can, it's my natural state. I should take advantage of it now in case I'm ever reincarnated as a horse. I'll long for these days where I could just lay my fat ass on my couch and watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, that might be the other thing, too. I'm watching a lot of the Marvel. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. But live show Monday night after the Brewers Dodgers. Uh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get back into there. We'll get back into the Brewers. For sure. That's today's show. Thanks for all the voicemails. 402-915-BART. 402-915-2278. That number is also on my Twitter at Winks Thinks if you ever need to see it. Uh, thanks to Ryan Wood. Thanks to Happy Place Hemp, Carl's Place, Sun and Interactive, Dan Shaney, and Omaha Steaks. Don't you forget about that code. At Omaha Steaks, promo code BART. Horses are not athletes, and Nikola Jokic is a dick. <laughs>